You are listening to ComedySlamRadio.com. From our studios to the world, we bring you the finest in quality entertainment. So pop some popcorn, grab a smooch buddy, and settle in for another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com. Good evening, and welcome to the Let's Be Frank show on Comedy Slam Radio. And tonight, I think I got a pretty good treat for you guys, because not only do I have veteran comedian Rick Stepinski in the house. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing great, man. Great. We have the ultimate newbie, this little bald, <laughs> this little, oh, I almost said bald bastard, but this little skinny bastard hasn't even gotten on stage yet. So we get to harass him, and that's Tim Doran. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing good. Bring it on, boys. Bring is this about the first time you – this is close you ever got to a microphone? No, no. Actually, when I was in uh, grade school, I was uh, I had my own little talk show. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What did you talk about? Lunch in yes. fucking school? Lunch and, and, you know, and AIDS and stuff. AIDS? Yes. we had, You know, it was, it was a talk show about – it was from a... Uh, what kind of fucking sick demented <laughs> school did you go to, dude? Hey, let's get a bunch of elementary schools together and talk to them it, about it, AIDS. It was about How everything. Old we talked about homeless people. We talked about, you know, what was going on in the world at the time. I'm 33. I'll be 34 in October. And you were talking about AIDS in elementary school. Yeah, because yeah, elementary school is just like stand-up. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you're ready. Let's just go yeah. now. Right. Let's just go now. This is your first open mic. But no, we also got your boy Vinny Hickey calling in, right? Yes. The, the, the cannoli king. The cannoli he, he king. He can eat more cannolis in two minutes than anybody else. This is true. This is true. Actually, Cousin Vinny. Cousin Vinny. Cousin he likes Vinny. Cousin Vinny. He goes by Cousin Vinny. Um, but he's also, but he's been doing stand-up comedy for about ten years. He's done some TV stuff, so yes, you know, your boy's got some chops. He does, he does, he does. He does. All right, and he's also a Chicago boy, just he like is. you and I are, Tim. Yeah, there you go. And I had a brief stay in, outside of Chicago in Glenview or in whatever. Juliet in the state prison, right? Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> hey, you know, they, they like my kind out there. I'm from Chicago, two hundred miles away. He just because it's a big city, you say that's where you're from. There exactly. you go. I get it. Exactly. Well, that's like in New York. When I tell people I grew up in New York, they think of the concrete jungle and me sure. living in the city. But you know, I'm just a hillbilly boy. Yeah. Okay. Well, not that hillbilly. But, <laughs> you know. You know. Uh, last time we came, that you were here, we we got to talk about your comedy and right, right. And now I know you just getting back into it and. The last time I saw you on stage, you really start talking about your family now. Right. Well, I'm, I'm 43. Congratulations. And I got a two-year-old, almost a two-year-old baby. So wow. that changes everything because I got remarried and we had another baby. And really having a baby at 43 and you're a comic, it just writes new material for you. There you go. Exactly. I mean, everything else was road stories and my kids, you know, growing up. But now you got a new baby at 43. You know, I'm tired now. What is it, nine oh five? Right, but now none yeah. of your kids are twenty years old yet. No, and no, you're, and my you're oldest do- is twelve. And you're doing comedy a little over twenty years. Right, I did it long before my first was even right. born. And yeah, what kind of stuff did you di- do differently? So, how much has your comedy changed? I mean, you probably you, you could. I can't talk about my kids and stuff because sure. it would be a lie. It wouldn't You'll even be believable. See, well, you're forty and probably. I don't know if you ever, you ever kissed a girl. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I so, kissed KY with Tom from, from one, one of our other shows I just last week one. for my birthday. She gave me a beautiful kiss for awesome. my birthday. Well, you, you can use... talk about that. Yeah, it was good. I got a little rise from it. Well, that's a good question you asked because I told Tim when he asked me, "What do I write about?" Your act will change yearly. If you stay single forever, 
it's not going to be a lot of growth with your act, you know? So I got to get married to be funny? I'm not saying that, but if, once you get on the road, you'll find stuff that happens. But I went from a single guy that lived with two other guys in an apartment in Dunedin to, you know, moving in with somebody, then getting married, and then having two children, and then getting a stepson, then having a baby at 43. It, it writes itself. Right. I mean, it's simple. So, yes. so what were some of so what were some of the jokes that you oh they were used to do? I told Tim I went to the storage unit and found a book of old notes and stuff. They're painful. They're, <laughs> they're literally painful. And he's like, "We should meet for lunch," and I could read them. And I go, well, "There ain't no fucking way I'm letting you read these things because they're <laughs> terrible." But back then, you thought that was some of your greatest material. And I traveled with those jokes too for. 10 years before I got married. So they were about dating and, you know, being a single guy on the road and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it just, you meet somebody and you have a baby and everything just changes. Like it's a switch, flip a switch. Yep. So you don't even go back and when you got to reach back into the archives on stage, that's not even where you go anymore. As a married comedian, if you even talk about stuff when you were single, you know, you get that look from your wife. Like you're supposed to have not had a life period. Right. When you meet somebody and get married, a blank slate. And because that's the way I want to know about my wife. When she says, oh, I used to date this guy. Just shut up. I, I don't want to hear that. Right. At right. all. Right. You know, so that's. But being a comedian from back in your day, 20 plus years ago, that right. was all. That was the closest things to rock stars. Hookers oh, and cocaine getting thrown all I, over you. I got in in 1992 when it was just about fizzling out the hot. You know, uh-huh. the Sam Kinison days and all that. Some of those guys were still around, and I got my start at Ron Bennington's Club in Clearwater, and I'm sure a lot of people know who that is, but that was rock star, big-time stuff. And then mid-'90s comedy started to die a little bit, but it never went away. Right. Yeah, so um, I missed it, and I got back into it is what happened. Took a little break, got divorced, missed oh. it. Missed being, you know, I missed the guy. I missed the camaraderie of, you know, being on the road and hanging out with everybody, and I got back into it. So I'm glad I'm back. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it, it's one of the best things I think I've ever done is to get on stage. It's changed me a lot as a man. Yeah. Uh, I went on in the beginning to really kind of get that oomph or what I thought I was missing or test my testicular fortitude to make sure it was something that I always thought I could do uh-huh. but never really desired to do it. And around 38, I said, you know what? What can I do I, on my 38th birthday? I said, what am I going to be able to do to make, right. make a change? What's something that, you know, and that's what I did. I got up on stage. So actually last week, my birthday was basically my two-year anniversary of awesome. doing comedy. Yeah, so that's great. Very good. I, I had no clue I would even make it this long. Well, when, when Tim was telling all those fabulous jokes about AIDS and things like that. Back <laughs> those in, weren't jokes. It was the truth. Back in 1987 it when was he was in truth. elementary school and I was graduating from high school. Um Old. You know, so he took a break and said, this is what I want to do. And, <laughs> you know, that, that first time you get on stage, man, it, even if you die, mm-hmm. if, if it's for you, you'll know right away. There you go. Right away. What are some of your – so you, like Rick, have a wife, kids. Are you writing jokes? Now, I know you don't have any – we'll say you're not totally prepared yet with any jokes. This is correct. Uh, because you suck. I do. But I do. What are your? Are you writing about your family? Are you writing about masturbation? What are you fucking doing? There, there is no. There is a dick joke, which I think every comedian has when they start. They, you know, it's the dick jokes that makes it. Um, I'm writing about work. I'm writing about family. I'm writing about you know just everyday life. All right. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not a. I guess what you would say a one-two punch joke writer. <laughs> I, I think I, I like more of a story. 
storytelling jokes. Now, where do you work now? What do you, what kind of job? It's an accounting firm. Didn't you tell me some story about some woman you saw that was just blow your mind that she was an accountant or something? Correct, correct. I walked past her cubicle, and, and I looked down, and, and she has files on her desk, and, and she's counting on her fingers. And, and she's an accountant. <laughs> you know, they... We have, we have recruiters that go to these schools, and they pick the top people. And I look down, and the girl is counting on her fingers. So I look at her, and I say, well, somebody's going to jail, you know, if you're using your fingers. <laughs> so next time I, I walk back around, and she says, hey, can you give me a hand? You know, I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, use your feet. I can't help you, you know. So, so yes, that's some of the stuff that, that I see on a daily basis. All right. You know? you know, that's not too bad. It's not too bad. Now, I, I think, now you said this is your style of writing. Correct. And, and I, you know, so far, and I don't know if it's maybe I was lucky, but I went for the fat guy jokes pretty much and a little bit of my life at the time. But you think is going to change what, what you originally set out to be when you first go on stage? Because you've gone through it. Sure. When you first get on stage, you might find, oh, shit. It's not this is funny, but maybe I'm not ready to tell this joke right. yet in one, this way. One thing I did when I started, I basically said to myself, I will never do topical humor. Because I always want my act to be a solid set, and I don't want to have to rely on, you know, Roger Clemens was not guilty today and work that in. That's what they do on talk shows. That's why you watch talk shows, right. to see a monologue. So when you're starting out, topical humor, to me, it's death. I, I just would rather you go up there and talk about what you just did. That actually happened. Whether you said what you said to her for real doesn't matter. But the initial premise actually happened, and there's no exactly. longevity in, in exactly topical there jokes. Are, some people do them. I've seen them, and they do them right. great. I'm not. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. But what I just said to you was that actually happened. Correct. And I right. felt it. And I and you just so you lie a little bit about the rest of it. That's fine. But it, the audience is going to go. Oh, I work in a cubicle, and there's stupid people that work with me. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I was trying to tell you when we first started talking mm-hmm. about how to go about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Because it's real. Yes, it is. Yeah, if you can definitely, you definitely got to feel it when you're going up there on stage. You got to feel comfortable talking about it, um, which is probably why I talk so much about fat guy stuff since I'm a fat guy. Uh-huh. If I went up there and told jokes about being skinny, I don't think anybody would believe, anybody would believe me. Yeah. Well, I saw your act at the Chase Club, and it was very comfortable <laughs> and believable. And um, that even though that mic kept breaking, yeah. <laughs> and then Bull almost got in a fight with I the know one it. guy. I know it. Those but, are good stories. That's the best. You know, yeah. they're either going to be run like a top-notch club, or you're going to have shit like that happen. Yeah, uh, I think the funniest part of that night was when uh, Dave Flick walked out, and you went, "What'd you say about?" Well, Dave Flick <laughs> is a—he's a very funny guy. Yeah, lots of energy. But when I said about him, I go, "This first time I've seen your act, Dave, and this is pretty much the synopsis. I got a dick, and I'm going to talk about it. That's pretty there much. There you go. That's, <laughs> my that name works great. This Back is David Flick, and I'm going to talk about my dick. When but he's at, a funny guy. When you're mm-hmm. at a rowdy pub, that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't talk about your kids, you know, coloring on the wall at a rowdy pub. You got to have pub jokes, and he did. Right. So. And you know what's funny? You you just talked about how you made a decision, how you were never going to be a topical comedian. And I've re- never really sat down and thought about that much. You know, I don't think even two years into it, I haven't thought about really what I want to do or what I want to exclude yet. Right. Well, it's never I was very fortunate across. to come up with some really seasoned people that are, you know, still working. Who are some of you? The, you know, who are the, some of the people that you really came and busted your trap? Or I'm sorry. 
broke your bones with? Uh, well, Lou Angel Wolf was one of the, and he's still a very close friend of mine. Right. Um, when I worked with him back in the day, he constructive criticism and hey, I saw that and that worked. And hanging out with the guys at Ron Bennington's, the the Warren Dursos, and all those guys that were always there, and they saw something in you, and they'd have notes for you when you come off stage. Nice. So when you're at a club with a bunch of comics and they ignore you when you come off stage, you know that they it's not for you. Okay. But when you see guys and they go, come here, here's a tag for you, here's a cocktail napkin, say this, say that, they don't want the joke. that They thought this might be funny because what you said was already funny. And what I got a, a lot of that when I started. One of my best jokes, which is a dick joke, <laughs> actually came from uh, a guy who, who was down here for a while. He's back up in New York, Thomas J. Beleza. Okay, no, um, and he's just a skinny guy, so he couldn't tell the joke. And he's like, Dave, take this premise. And I made the joke my own, and I added a little bit to it. But it's a joke when I take a picture of my dick because he's, he's, he's a little skinny rail. He's like you. So, you know, obviously you can see your dick, even your I quarter inch I see the joke, not your dick. Let's, let's no, get I that said straight. you could see. Well, I could show you the picture. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. You I'm sure? Good. Yes. It's pretty big. I'm good. I'm I blew good. it up for YouTube. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> How come you look like your mouth is watering, you fucking bastard? I'm sorry. I'm gonna look. This Go way. in the corner, I'm newbie. Gonna look, I'm gonna look this way. Let me ask you guys this: How do you? How did you find your voice on stage? How did you find your? I guess your character or how you're gonna portray yourself on stage. I think I am still in the process of finding that because I've really only done the fat guy humor, and I'm just starting to break out into a little bit of other stuff. But I haven't really been there yet, and I don't get out on as much on stage as I would like to or should. So I don't know that I've actually found my, my full voice yet. I'm too young in comedy well, still. You saw that open mic night that we did a couple of weeks back. It was just a disaster. It was mm-hmm. loud and rowdy, and I always had a little attention deficit thing. If I saw people that weren't paying attention, I felt I needed to be louder and made sure that they could hear me, and they realized you came to a comedy club. I'm up here. This isn't for you. Mm-hmm. You paid money to come into a room to watch this. Right. And I want to make sure that they knew that. So I'm very loud. Yeah. And uh, I move around a lot. And uh, I sweat a lot up there because I'm moving. And, you know, uh, so that was easy for me Mm -hmm. to try to be heard. I'm from a loud Italian family. Got to be heard, you know. So that was easy for me. Mm -hmm. But if you get up there and you're real timid and, you know, Dave's a big guy. So people see him and they're going to pay attention a little bit. Tim, you may have to find a way to right away, right? Get that punch right away. So, uh, all right. But you'll learn it. You'll, if you go up there and you just tell that street joke, or and it's just hey, uh, when it, not going to work. You got to, okay. you got to make them know you're up there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey guys, I think we have our guest calling. Very cool, Mister Vinny Hickey. Hey Vinny, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, Dave? How are you? Not too bad. How you doing? I got your boy Tim to the right of me. How you doing, Vinny? Tim, yes. dear friend of mine. I've known Tim since I was a little kid. What, what, and what, uh, Rick, you're a very funny man so far. Thanks, brother. I, I saw your picture. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that you're a little kid at some time. <laughs> <laughs> so have you been watching the show? <laughs> if you've been watching the show, I need to know, were you in the little elementary school class with him when he was talking about AIDS and the war and the first time he got on. Yeah, you should, of course you shouldn't have said it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He's always had a strange, odd sense of humor. Do you, well, tell us He's a story. He's very funny, though. Very, very funny kid. He always had me cracking up when we were younger. There you go. You got a funny story that can completely obliviate and embarrass him? I sure hope not. 
Uh, well, there's a million stories. Uh, should I tell him, Tim, about the time uh, the, the guy in the bus attacked us? <laughs> Please do. Please do. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, me, and, me and Tim were on the bus, and this guy was getting a little loud. <laughs> and uh, as we're leaving the bus, Tim trips him right off the bus, and the guy falls flat on his face. <laughs> Pretty much the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. That, how did the guy? Did the guy flip out? And where does a little skinny bastard like you get the balls to trip somebody? You got a black belt? I don't know about. No, no. But and I was always small. I, I guess I just you know I had big guys around me all the time. So you know you felt tough. Right. I had beer muscles without even drinking. Nice. He was fearless. That's what it was. <laughs> fearless guy. That's what it was. And, and as far as you talking about like uh, getting your own persona, just be you. You you know what I mean? You 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 find your voice. Uh-huh. Like Rick was saying, it's. Uh, it's all in you. It's all in your humor. If you're a big guy and you do fat jokes, it, it's, your, it's you. You know, me, I do a lot of relationship humor. I do a lot of top. I do current events. Try to stay current. That's why I date young women. There you go. <laughs> do, do, are you going to be, uh, are going to see you on an Extends commercial or something soon? You're going to be advertising the little blue pill? <laughs> yeah, I got a few years on that one, but... Uh, I don't know, hey, man. When it comes down to it, man, I'll be popping it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take two, please. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, man, I always like <laughs> I like to ask when, when we're doing a little interview with somebody, you know, what, what first brought you to the stage? You know, what was what made you want to try comedy originally? Uh, my ex-fiance. Was it an escape she away so from miserable. her? <laughs> I, I, she was so miserable, I had to tell everybody about her and how miserable she was. Nice. And everybody has that miserable, if not an ex-fiance, ex-girlfriend, or boyfriend, so they can relate to that. A month before the wedding, we ended up uh, calling it quits. And uh, I remember sitting at White Castle on Christmas, thinking to myself, why the hell am I so sad? Next thing I went to Riddle's Comedy Club in Chicago, Uh, did a few minutes. The owner's like, come back, I'll give you a dollar for every minute you can get up on stage. So it forced me to write. So I was up there doing half hour, 45 minutes, and uh, he kind of led me in. Nice. So how long did it take before you had a half hour, 45 minutes of material? Uh, I'm guessing what a crazy about that long. Six months to a year. Six months to a year? That's actually pretty quick, I would think, for, for, for the person that goes the traditional route. Uh, like I know myself, it's taken me, I think I probably, I'm two years and I would probably say that I'm a solid 10 minutes, but I've done 15, maybe in the right audience. I could maybe stretch it to 20 depending, you know what I mean? But I wouldn't want it to sell myself as better than a, than a good solid 10. But I know Rick, you said when you first got into hey, comedy, if you got a solid 10, that's, that's a hell of a start. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just keep true. working yourself up from there. That's yeah, true. Thank you. And I know, so, so you had a little bit different of, of a coming to stage where a lot of us go through the open mics and they, like, I'm just starting to get some MC gigs and things like that. And Rick, you pretty much just started off. You just got right in there and you were MCing. So you didn't even have. I never went to an open mic, not one time. I just got lucky. I knew a girl that worked at a comedy club. They just opened, they needed an MC. I went down, I actually had to audition in the kitchen. And I don't think they cared. They just went, can you be here every night? And I said, yeah. And I got the job. So, nice. It works. So you're on stage five five shows a week, and you're getting paid, and there you go. 
Mm-hmm. And you had time. You got paid to get better. Exactly. That's the beautiful thing. Yeah. So I had, and then in a, un, un, unlike Rick, I've had to do many open mics. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got very lucky. Constantly yeah. on the grind. Very there you lucky. Go. We're trying to get to. Uh, you know what? I still, I still hit up open mics. It's always good to hone your craft. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I did one two weeks ago. Yeah. It was. Yeah. A, but you didn't. I mean, it took. 15 I years or 20 years. About it. It's kind of pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was something. Well, you know, I've spoken to a lot of celebrity and famous comedians. Everybody from recently, we had, um, holy cow, how many? Bobby Collins was on a few weeks ago, and I've had Tom Driesen on. And both of them tell me how they may come off the road and they still go to their favorite L.A. clubs to work out new jokes and stuff. So, you know, that's impressive. These guys got 30 years. Some of them got 40, 40 plus years in, and they still go to an open mic here or there. Just, I don't even know that it's because they, they need to or it's because they, they, they need to be around comedy and the young guys and keeping up with it. Could be that. And giving back a little bit because yeah. both of those guys and some of the other people, Steve Middleman and a lot of the other callers, they go back and they love to tell the stories and talk about people and, and all that. I, I don't necessarily see – you know, a Jackie Mason going no, to an open no, mic night at no. 83 years old. Probably not. But it was cool to talk to him. And, he, you know, I'm sure 20 years ago he probably still would sit down and shoot the shit with people at an open mic. I would hope. Right. Yeah, that's what I heard about George Burns. The I heard he, he was constantly still still doing open mics, still telling jokes until the day he died. Man, I, I, I'm glad you brought him up, man. He is one of my favorites. He's one of the first comedians that I ever watched. I hope one day that I could be 100 like that guy wanted to be and smoking a cigar. What, where, what was the play? I don't remember the stadium that he wanted to be in. Uh, he But on, a, on his 100th birthday, didn't he do one of his final shows? I don't know if he made it or not. I, I think yeah. he did. I think uh, he did. He did make it. And I, I used to love when he would say uh, – about the cigars, people used to ask him about him smoking the cigars, and his doctor used to say, "My doctor just tells me to send him what I don't finish." <laughs> you know, but George Burns was all class. <laughs> he he was an all class guy, man. There was just something about him was great. You should probably take better care of yourself if you're shooting for a hundred. I'm just right. saying. I'm just saying. You're a big guy. I'm well, worried, let, worried about you. <laughs> last about week, fifty. Let's go for fifty. See what happens. That's well, you years. see, that, that's how I got Bobby Slayton to call in for my birthday, <laughs> because when he was on last year in December, and he was busting my chops about being a fat guy, he goes, "Call me next year if you make it." There you go. So I said, "Well, fuck you." I sent him an email. <laughs> so I sent him an email the day of my birthday. I said, "It's my birthday. I have a live fucking show, and you got to call me in because I made it." Yeah. So he called in, so it was cool. Let me ask, uh, Vinny, you a White Sox fan or a Cubs fan? Uh, I live a block away from White Sox Park. We do (sighs) diehard White Sox over here. Rick, Rick. (laughs) They actually got the the Crosstown Classics going on today. Yeah, I know. Cubs versus Sox game. Rick Rick is a Cubs fan, so it's hard to get through to him and get advice from him because I'm a White Sox fan, and and he's a diehard Cubs fan, so it's kind of hard. You're risking getting shitty advice yeah, from him. I, hear, I hear they're expanding the back gates at Wrigley, Rick. Oh, really? Because most of the fans enter from the rear. Nice. <laughs> That's a north side joke, I nice. tell you. Yeah, huh? it's true. Uh, by the way, it's five, it's five to nothing Cubs, so oh. I, might get, I might get that beer back anyway. No, it's uh, the first time he contacted me, Vinny, he said, uh, I hear you're from Chicago and you live in Tarpon Springs, blah, blah, blah. Can you help me meet some people in comedy? And at the very end, he said, Oh, by the way, I'm a Sox fan. Is that a deal breaker? And I, and I just wrote him back. I said, yes. 
That is great. <laughs> I probably should have said that. Yeah, make him beg for help is what I did. There you go. So any any advice Rick gives you, you got to run by Vinny right. to make sure. Like, this is what he told me. Nah, that fucking bastard's <laughs> lying to you. <laughs> Hey, me, me and Timmy come from a uh, come from the old school neighborhood, you know. Like, yeah, I know. Uh, it's a pretty tough neighborhood. It's either sink or swim. That's kind of where I built my sense of humor. Very yeah. true. Yeah, there you works. go. So, it works. Like, you couldn't really be a Cubs fan around this neighborhood. I bet. I've been over there. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you take off your Cubs shirt to go take a walk. Yeah, right. You got to take it you off do. and put on a regular <laughs> tee. Yeah, it's something over there. Um, has it gotten any better? or Is it still the same? Uh, you know, it's it's still the same. I mean, I, obviously, it's Chicago, Chicago. But, I mean, you're probably never going to see the Cubs win a World Series. But <laughs> it's still Chicago. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. You just have to appreciate just Chicago, you know? Yeah. So, let me ask you, for you guys that are super sports fans here, like in New York, it's the Yankees and eight the and Mets. Huh? <laughs> Whoa. What did he say? I think he said eight and a half inches. Oh, that's oh. right. <laughs> We're not talking about the cannolis you've been eating. There you go. That's right. We had the cannoli king. What, what did you sh- uh, shovel back about 16-foot-long cannolis the other day? <laughs> yeah, it was on WGN uh, in Chicago, news station. Uh, throwing your I deep won the title capabilities. Cannoli king. Six cannolis in two minutes. Six cannolis. Do you take them down whole like a champ? Did you, like, call up a hooker and get advice or something? <laughs> Can you deep throw a cannoli? What the fuck? No, I called up a few, I called up a few Cubs fans, Dave. They, just, uh, they taught me right away uh, how to uh, get it done. Vin, Vin, you're not helping me out here with Rick. I got, I got, you know, we live in the same city. I, I, I need advice from him, you know. You're not helping me out with these Cub jokes, you know. I thought yeah, maybe we called up. Teaser, Rick. I thought maybe we called up your ex-fiance for that, for that advice. Nice. You know, I actually went to a Cubs-Sox game back in 09, and, it's not what you think it is, man. I sat next to Sox fans and did you get your butt whipped? It, no, it, it was in Wrigley, but I mean, yeah. it was it was friendly. We were, I mean, the Cubs won, but it was friendly. We, we don't like them; they don't like us. It doesn't matter. It's still baseball. We love it. It just didn't. It didn't matter, you know. As long as you could have a twelve. It's fun to give each other shit. Absolutely, that's what Tim and I do all the time. All the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. As long it's, as you could drink an eight dollar beer and a twelve dollar hot dog, you're yeah, in a good it's mood. funny when the people give. The Cubs fans crap about we've never won, we never won. I don't want to get broken up when I tell the story, but my dad passed away in December. Huge Cubs fan. That's, you know, the whole thing. And the thing about it was we knew they sucked, but we always had that. <laughs> you know? At least we're, we're going to always suck. We can right. go down together. It wasn't a mystery to us. We knew they weren't going to be good, but you know what? We could talk about them. Endlessly. Right. And we had that. And it was always something to talk about. Yeah, it was that was me and my dad. We could talk baseball and the Cubs and just that we had that and that's something that I hope to pass on to my children, mm-hmm. but it's it's all just good times and fun, man. I miss Chicago so much. I don't miss the snow, but I miss it. In fact, Vinny, Rick named his, his son, his middle name is Wrigley. That's right. So that's how much of a Cub fan he is. Really? I did. I didn't even have to get permission from it- the wife. She just said do it. That's nice. how you do it. <laughs> that is awesome. That is really, really awesome. Yeah, I think Tim looks like the guy that has to get permission for do everything from his wife. What do you think? <laughs> this is kind of true. No, it's I'm true? Just, no, no, no. You're, you're a little pencil neck geek? Is your wife watching this? Do, hey, if your wife is watching this and she wants to, oh, 
You know, in a few minutes, our engineer is going to be back. If you want to call in and tell us that your son, that your husband's son, a pencil neck geek, I married my you mom. Can, <laughs> you probably look for at least a motherly type. See, Dave doesn't have kids. Eh. It's nine twenty, and he wants to know if your wife is watching the computer. Right? Well, no, she's not. <laughs> she's putting the kids to bed. She's oh. opening a bottle of wine and going, "Motherfuck." Well, <laughs> if anybody else wants to call and harass Tim, me, <laughs> or anybody, we got Rick. We got. Cousin Vinny, you can call in at 727-493-2055. And no, I will not be accidentally putting my f- cell phone number on Facebook this week. I would just like yeah, to say, yeah. as a pencil neck geek, yes. however, I am married and not a 40-year-old single man living there at home go. in a there messy home. There you go. I'm just saying. Just saying. That's cool, man. I, I could have been gone the other route. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> Fucking double cheeseburgers there when I sell go. for a dollar? I don't know. <laughs> So when's the last time you guys saw each other? Hey Dave, we're racking the same ship. I never, I never, I never met a beef sandwich I didn't like. There you go, man. You know what I want to do? I want to go to that Italian. I want to go to that Italian beef place that they had in the Man vs. Food in Chicago. The Chicago Italian beef. The guy. The remember? Did you guys ever watch that show? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. They well, could have went to a hundred places. Right. I don't yeah, know where. Oh, it was the the, the guy said he was the originator of the Italian beef, and he had the the Gennard on the top there or whatever. Vinny, where's that? Vinny, as a chef, can you say where that is? Uh, Al's beef, maybe. Uh, probably it could Al's be beef. Al's beef. I, I think it was Al's beef he's talking about. Yeah, because they they showed him taking how to step back properly to take a bite out of the sandwich. Yeah, that's right. So all the schmutz that's goes right. on the uh, floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I wish that should have been me, man. That should have been my fucking show. <laughs> One of the best things about Chicago, you can't find a bad place to eat. Nope. I mean, it's still, even if it's bad, it's better than anything we have here. This is true. It really is. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, coming from I, New York. I kind of do that myself. I go around uh, eating and drinking around the city. I'm kind of lucky in that aspect. I, uh, I'm part owner of Chicago.com, so I'm able to, to just check out all of these local gems. Right. It's not as funny as man vs. food, or it's probably not as fun. I don't get to eat gigantic sandwiches, but it's nice to have a, a good hand on your city. There you go. And there ain't nothing down here in Florida to have a handle on because everything's fast food. Yeah, right. You know, yep. one, I could tell you, and it's more of a diner, but I like going every once in a while to uh, Lenny's. Oh, I love Lenny's. I'm 19. The best. Have you been to Lenny's yet? Clearwater? I have yeah. not been there, but I drive past every day. Oh, yeah, you got to go. Tim, Tim. You got to go there for a Sunday morning breakfast. Yep. They still bring out the balloon guy to make the balloons for the kids. I mean, it's just a down home. You know they're going to cook you something that's going to be good. They got a little TLC in there. That used to be the comics hangout because yeah. Ron Bennington's club was across the street. So after the shows or the next morning, we'd go collect the comics, the headliners, yeah. take them over to Lenny's. That's why all their pictures are up there on the yeah, wall. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And when you go to their Facebook page, it's loaded with comedians. Yep. I think Lou Angelwolf actually runs that page, so that's why. There you go. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Vinny, how every how is... time I hear you guys say the word Lenny's, I always think of that commercial with the old broad, Denny's. and she's like Denny's, <laughs> Lenny's. Nice, <laughs> Vinny. How is uh? Remember that commercial? I don't yeah. Remember that one, no. How how is your um your your play going? Death of Cannoli Salesman. Oh, it's uh, it's doing really really well, man. I can't wait till you come out and check it out. So you got to play it's, about uh, cannolis. You know, you got to play about cannolis. You're eating cannolis. Do you talk about cannolis on stage? I talk about my cannoli. I'm just like you, Dave. I'm always it. bringing up the cannoli. I knew it. Another dick joke. <laughs> I just, I just knew it. I, I don't know if I would. 
<laughs> I don't know, man. Some of them big cannolis might outdo me. I don't know. I, I don't want to oversell myself. Lately, I'm feeling like I'm the exact opposite of stereotypes. I got a size 14 shoe and like a triple E, and that doesn't hold true. Let me tell you, not everybody with a big feet is hung like a fucking giraffe. Well, <laughs> this is true. This is I, true. I'm packing some girth. I don't know about length, you know. So you got a little, little sewer cap going. No, I got better. You know, it's like a mushroom top. <laughs> okay, a little mushroom top. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Yeah, I never had anybody complain, but I think it's because I rubbed the sides real well. <laughs> oh my god! What <laughs> kind of what is this? Is this a comedy show or a fucking know. perverted shit? It was. You're breaking the walls, huh? Yeah. There you go. What What is the call-in number again? The call-in number is seven two seven four nine three two zero five five. Is your wife wanting to call in? No, uh, I'm a little nervous to give the number out, but my brother-in-law is asking me for it. So there oh. you go. It's 727-493-2055. Does anybody in here know your brother-in-law already? No. no. Vinny Mack don't know your brother-in-law? No, he doesn't know my brother-in-law. So no. is your brother-in-law funny? I know his brother. He knows my brother, but not my brother-in-law. <laughs> We're not going to talk about my brother. <laughs> Why not? What's wrong with your brother? He got a third fucking arm? <laughs> He's a little lunatic. Is he? He is. Maybe you need to bring him on stage. If... If you're Tim's brother and you want to call in at 727-493-2055, call in and mess with him, man. So, hey, you know, we were just, Vinny, we were talking. We were at the bar, and I'm sorry you couldn't be there with us. Uh, I told Tim that by the end of tonight, he has to tell us the first date that he's going to be on stage. He's got a big move this weekend, but he has to commit to a date to get on stage by. So what, do you, what? what's the allotted amount of time? He's been talking about this for about two or three months. He's gone to one open mic. He didn't perform. I know he's come and seen me perform. So you've probably gone to a couple other shows, I right? Have, I have. So what, do you have a date in mind? Vinny, what's, what's the amount of time we could allot him? Three weeks, two weeks? How far from today can he go before he gets on stage? You've you got to give me till after after July 15th. Why right July 15th? <laughs> I like this guy. Get your ass up there. You're funny. Three, three days. The, July 15th is my move-in date. After July 15th, I'm going 100% full force. Yeah, but you can't spend like an hour and a you, half you on a Thursday night. You just need to get night. out there. You'll, you'll love it. It's like crack. Yeah. If you're not moving, it is like crack. I'm not looking to become a crackhead. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, for, well, for me, it's like crack, but without the weight loss and the bad teeth. <laughs> it, <laughs> But for you, man, I mean, a month from – you're talking about a whole nother 30 days. You can let one hour or two hours out of your life out before that – like, I mean, you ain't got 30 days worth of boxes to pack. <laughs> I have three kids, man. I don't give a rat's I, ass. I you can take kids. an hour. You took an hour out to do to this. Pack. You're right. You're right. I will get out there. I will get out there. What's the date? You're and saying after July 15th. It opened up so many doors for me. I mean, I what? I started up with stand-up comedy. I, I ended up being going into Tony and Tina's wedding. After that, I wrote my own show, The Death of a Cannoli Salesman, you were just asking me about. Uh-huh. I mean, comedy could open up so many doors. Acting, it, it gets you comfortable in talking to people, in front of people, talking at people. <clears throat> that was actually one of the other reasons why I, I wanted to get into comedy was because... Um, I think, you know, I've been on in sales for almost 25 years now or about 25 years. So I'm comfortable talking in front of people. And I had spoken in front of, you know, 10 to 15 people before. But I want to, whether it's on stage or through work, I want to get to the point where I can hold large meetings and run events. And now I've been in front of people, whether it was for five minutes or eight minutes or 10 minutes, in front of 600 people doing comedy. And it's a confidence builder on what you can do with public speaking and 
when it comes to the mic, I don't care about making a fool out of myself or anything. And I think the first time I ever really had a glimpse of it was, you know, a dozen or so years ago, a friend of mine got married and his brother was supposed to do the best man speech. And all the way working up to it, I'm like, hey, man, if you need some help with the speech, let me know. Let me know. He gets the microphone at the wedding and he goes, and here's Dave Frank to do the best man speech. So I just got thrown into it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, we got another call coming in. Who do we got live on the air calling into the Let's Be Frank show? This is Nick, uh, Tim's brother-in-law. Dear Nick, how are you doing? You're calling in. We got Tim here. You got Dave Frank, Fat Davey, Rick <laughs> Stepinski, and you got Vinny Hickey. What you doing, man? What well, you I just doing? want to say that uh, I'm pretty good. How are you guys doing? You guys look awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You must have double fucking bad vision if you <laughs> bad, think I look big good. Big fat binoculars. Yeah. So is Tim funny, uh, you know, family events? Is Tim funny? Yeah, tell us about Tim. Yeah, he's more than funny. Let me tell you, when we when we first moved to Florida, right before we left Chicago, we had a, a huge gathering at this uh, local bar uh, okay. by where I used to work. And this guy goes on stage and sings Since You Been Gone to me in front of, like, all, pretty much all the, what, what would you say, ghetto part of the, yeah. the city was yes. over there yes. and he stands up on stage pretty much the only white guy it was uh it was a sight to see let me tell you i bet so you had so you got a little testicular fortitude to I, get on stage and make an ass out of yourself was that alcohol induced yes i probably had about 10 or 12 or, or 15 drinks in me but but it doesn't take or, that much, or maybe one i mean doesn't take much <laughs> for him i might have been drunk on the first one yeah, but, you he, know. he's pretty skinny he is. He's like the size of a toothpick I would use after a Big Mac. <laughs> right. I'll tell you one thing that Tim has going for him that maybe I didn't and maybe Vinny didn't. You already know most of the people that hang out at the comedy clubs. Right. Because of Facebook and, and these little groups that we're in. Mm-hmm. When I started and maybe even when Vinny started, you just showed up. Right. And there was no friendship, no camaraderie. Yep. That may be better for you because – you're going to get maybe some comfort or some friendship out of it. And if you just walk into a room, you don't know anybody tell your jokes and it stinks and you just want to climb in your car and drive home. It's not going to happen to you because you got friends, right? You're going to see their show. They're going to see your show. It's going to be a lot easier. Right. So I think you're going to be fine. Well, he climbs out. He climbs out of holes pretty well too. He he knows how to get on someone else real fast. That's for, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, you got to know how to do that. Yeah. yeah. You need to, you need to know how to get on someone else. Well, Let's, uh, yes. What hole were you climbing out of? <laughs> if you're going to come in Nick and give sister. us some I was geez. climbing out of Nick's sister's hole. He's a, he's nice. a Cub fan in hiding. I am not a uh, Cub fan in hiding. That that will never happen. <laughs> It'll never happen. Never a Cubs fan. Isn't your wife a Cubs fan? My wife is a Cub there fan. Uh, actually, Nick is a Cub fan. There you oh, go. no. Yes, Nick is a Cub fan. I think yeah, my, buddy. You I, married a Cubs fan? I think I married a Cubs family. My mother-in-law's a Cub fan. My father-in-law's a Cub fan. Uh, yeah, I married a new Cubs family. Holy cow. And pitiful. So the barbecue. Do the hot dogs really taste like shit? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Uh, they did. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, Nick was the cook. Nick was the cook. Do you cook a shitty hot dog, Nick? <laughs> nice. <laughs> so we pin this down? Two weeks, three, three weeks? Knuckle, we three knuckle Mick. Three knuckle Mick. Let's, go, right. let's, go, let's go end of July. For sure, end of July. All right. Hey, Nick, thanks for calling in. Um, yeah. Have a good night, and what what what's your prediction for when you think 
Tim should be on stage. If he's saying July, that's uh, I, he's I don't screaming. know. July is good. That's that's pretty rushed. That's a rush. What the fuck is the matter with you, people? He's, he's feeling sorry for me. <laughs> Why are you feeling sorry for him, man? If I'm yeah, right, that's, that, he's that sleeping with your sister. Nervous. You can harass Let's him. Let's do it. I want to go. All right. End of, end of July. End of July. We find an open mic. Maybe Jack's joint. So you're saying six weeks. You're that good at with, with your calendar in your We're head? halfway through the fucking month, wow. yeah. look at you go. Yeah, six weeks. Six weeks, man. Six, six weeks from the If day. you're that slow in this room, Technology. how are you going to be quick? Aren't you an accountant? I am not an accountant. You uh, work in an accounting I firm. I work in an accounting firm. I, uh. I am an office bitch. Oh, that explains the bad math. <laughs> you, you need it, I get it. That's pretty much what I do at work. No wonder you want to be a comedian. Exactly, to get out of it. Yeah, because you're, oh, yeah, you're not well, going to take shit as a comedian. Come back to the West Coast. I'm gonna take shit, uh, but I'm gonna give it back. I think. I think. Got to give it right back to him. Exactly. I, I, I haven't been on stage yet, and and I've been watching. But I think one of my biggest fears is, is the um, the hecklers. You know, I, I guess, I, I know I'm fast, and I can you come back what, really though, fast. That, your biggest fear is a heckler, but that's when you're gonna shine the most. Is once someone, once you see someone open up to you, you're gonna die right into them, and that's what's gonna make the show. I bet. Yeah. And they're they're not as. You don't really see the hecklers out there as much as you think. I, I, I think I've been in I've been in comedy two years, and I had one heckler which I verbally destroyed, and they kicked her out. Like I think I made her cry, uh, and that was like on my sixth or seventh time on stage. But I really haven't been heckled. It's not to say that I'm some great guy. I mean, sure. anybody can get heckled, but I don't think it happens to a bad extent often. I no, think it doesn't. most. It's very rare. Yeah, and when you, I mean, well, it's typically well, an extremely I just, I drunk. I just hope that I don't find out where it is. That's all I'm saying. Uh, all right. Bring it on. I got backup. There you go. Tim, I, I had a problem. Well, no, one I'll, time be, I'll be the one heckling. Funny bone. In nice. Cincinnati, and I had this guy breaking my balls. Two people in the audience. You, you reach back into your brain. I, I was working for a company called BestComedyRoast.com. It's my buddy Rick Merch. And uh, he booked me for the gig. So I'm out there, and I'm doing some jokes. They're heckling me, and I'm, I'm motherfucking them. I'm like, fuck you. I'm like, fucking Cincinnati sucks cock anyway. Everybody here sucks dick. I mean, and the owner's giving me the light. And I'm like, all right, guys, it's my time. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> Have a nice day. Did you get beat up you walking out? Yeah, but that's it's funny to bomb sometimes. That makes a name for you, though, too. Cool, cool. It's kind of, you know, it, it, it's funny to, to bomb. It's funny to suck. You laugh yourself while you're up there fucking up. Because it's really funny if you're doing horrible. Do you guys feel it makes you better when you bomb? Does it make you want to go back and, and rework everything and, and, and write harder? Uh, uh, well, it's not your it's writing. The wrong yeah. Crowd, I think. yeah, it's not your writing. I'm sure Vinny will tell well, you. Well, it definitely gives you more material for next time. Yeah, I just think you got a bad night. You, you know, the crowd right. wasn't with you. They didn't. Uh, the crowd can turn as a unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trust me. And you know, and I think like Vinny was saying, you know, you you can uh, you know you can pull them back in, or if you have like you could say a bad joke and just pick on yourself. Well, I guess I'm taking that one out of the chart, or you know, whatever you're going to say. If a joke doesn't go over, just tell them, oh, I'm going to take that out. Um, or I see other comedians say, oh, I guess that one was just for the comedians in the room. Yeah. You know, yeah. so there's it's, ways to. As long as you know your audience. Yeah. And you learn that. You just have to know your audience. Okay. Yeah. 
I think your head you're in a room full of Chinese orange, yeah. people, you know, you don't go around saying, hey, guys, uh, you know, I used to date a Chinese girl. The sex is great, but you're horny like 15 minutes later. <laughs> and I know her brother just robbed my apartment. The only thing that was missing was my cat and dog. <laughs> and my homework was finished. <laughs> See, now that <laughs> you is know good. What I mean? Know your audience. You yeah. don't want to get out there and beat them up, yeah. but you kind of do want to play with them a little bit. Yeah, because they, they're there to be toyed with. They've had a long week. They're, they're all, they don't go to a comedy show not to hear somebody, whether get a little picked on. The people in the front row know they could be a target at any minute. Right. You know, and it's yep. just part of the fun. If they, It's almost the funniest. Exactly. Wear your ponchos. There you go. But uh, if, if somebody sits in the front row and they've never been there and they don't know that someone's going to be picked on, and they get picked on, it's like a whole crazy thing uh-huh. to see on their face. And they either hate it or they love it. And right. I've been, long before I ever did comedy, I had always sat towards the front and I always got picked on. I've been called up on stage by comedians and they made me do stupid shit. But I think even back then I craved the attention. I was right. like, I hope he right. picks on me. Of course. The limelight. Yeah. Well, as far as open yeah, mics definitely. go here in Tampa, it's a room full of comics. Right. You're going to get... 10, 20 people that came to see a show, but it's all comics. Heckling is the least of your worry. Right, right. Find a way to be up there. Find you want to hold the mic, not the stand, move around, be loud, not be loud. You got to go up every single week to find that. Right. Don't worry about being heckled. And when you're up there, the first couple times you're going to be in front of these comedians, and although that's who the majority of the people are, they may laugh at a lot of your jokes, but then you're going to go back and you tell the same joke. You're going to like, all right. These guys aren't laughing, and you got to remember they're not not laughing at you because you're not any longer funny. But you got to every once in a while you got to amp it up and add a new joke right. because they've seen all your jokes. Yeah, but you can't take that as oh I'm not funny. You have to remember that they know because you heard all their jokes for the last six weeks too. Correct. And they're doing the same thing, but some of the people like myself now I try to add a new joke here or there, but I'm still working off my core six or eight minutes, and there's two to three minutes of <clears throat> new shit. Depending on the room, like when I play at Snappers, I don't really try anything new, not too much, mm-hmm. uh, because you know I have a chance of making money there, getting called back to do more shows. So I don't, for me, I don't treat that like an open mic where somebody like Vinny and somebody like Ricky uh, may very well just feel comfortable tossing out a new line and seeing what's going on because you know you have your your twenty minutes, and if one joke doesn't go over, you can plow right through it. Where sure. Sure. It could throw me for the rest of the night sometimes, you know? Right, you, definitely. I mean, I've come back from them, but, you know. You're you, absolutely right. You don't want to put yourself in that position because at the end of the day, you're marketing yourself and you want to okay. do good. So let me ask, Vinny, is uh, stand-up still your thing or do you want to write a play? Do you want to do acting or are you going to do it all? I want to <laughs> I, I want to eat it all, baby. But uh, stand-up is, me? is my number one. It's, it started me, you know? It's, right. It's the, it's the most. It's the place they feel most comfortable. I'm sure you feel the same way. Sure. Are you traveling, or you stay close to Chicago? I travel. Yeah. Uh, I, I, last time I was in Miami, I, what I do? I did the improv in Miami, and uh, I signed a titty for the first time. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's my aspiration, right? There I want to sign a titty. Experience. <laughs> I, I want to. I don't want to yeah, sign them. I want to motorboat. I, I was on something good. Comedy was going to lead me in a. Ken just signed mine this past weekend. It was great. 
Is that is that is that your you brother-in-law what, though, still, he still here? He's hanging out. right on a, a breast when it's soft, so you have to like hold it up with your hand and prop it up to like firm it up a little bit. Nice way to cop a And then feel. her boyfriend came behind us, and I'm holding her titty with a pen. <laughs> and it just was really an awkward situation. But you signed it. You got it done. He's lying. He signed the man boob. She came up, and he was signing uh, the guy's titty. <laughs> like, hold on, come back. I forgot to dot my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but you've played at, you know, Vin, you've played at a lot of lot of great places. You've been in Minnesota. You've been all the way out in New York, Miami, Orlando. You've been doing a lot of different clubs all over. So you've traveled pretty much any state that you haven't hit yet that's on your list? Tampa. Uh, that's a city, dumbass. Yeah, you know what? I definitely want, I definitely want to come, by, uh, come, come to see what's up with Florida, you know? I know you guys got more than what I saw. So I would love to come for a little vacay. Yeah, man. When we have an in Tampa, we have an improv side splitters. There's a good five or six good clubs where you can get on stage sure. and have some fun. Sure. I like oh, I one of my favorite rooms that I can generally, if I call, I can get a guest spot in here is uh, the uh, Coconuts on St. Pete Beach. Great people, a great room down here. Yeah. I don't. You probably haven't been there yet, no, Tim. Not yet. Uh, I'd say after you do open mics for a little while and you feel comfortable and you have a good five minutes, you go there because it's it's a nice room. They're they're pretty willing to give people and they have three or four shows a day and they're always willing to let somebody get on whether it's a Friday or Saturday, mm-hmm. but they want you to start on a, on a Wednesdays and Thursday shows before they really give you sure. the limelight. But it's a great room. They just redid it. Um, but Vin, is this what, a place that Tim would go to? Tim would probably go there after a few months, you know, after he felt mm-hmm. comfortable with his five. I'd love to check it out. Yeah. You guys get the best weather. I mean, how the fuck can you like it out there? Right. I, I agree, man. It's like titties and sun. <laughs> and you, you know what's funny? We, like we live about – Hell, yeah. We, and we live like 10 minutes from the beach. So, or at least I do. These guys up in Tarpon, how far are you guys from the beach anywhere? I, oh, he's close. I'm, I'm close, yeah. yeah. I'm a, right. I'm a half hour. So. Yeah, I'm probably 10 minutes from the beach. All right. So by me in Clearwater, at least, during spring break, and I work at, a, you know, I have a day job, but out in the parking lot, I see passed out, you know, 18 to 22-year-old women in their fucking bikinis, drunk. It, it's a hell of a fucking good time. It's, it's a, a good life. Yeah, it's a nice shopping center you work in there, isn't it? <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> they, what are you going to do? T- teenage drunk girls. Wow. And it's funny because they'll... They have this burrito place that everybody likes to go to. Apparently, you, you hop out of the the people that hop out of the jeeps in their bikinis, and you and you see the girls they're changing and they're putting on their clothes, and you see them skimping out of clothes, and they just do it in the parking lot. And we're all hanging out in the window saying, "Look at those two jiggle! Look at that one!" It's, <laughs> you know, I may now, be forty. Sounds but. like a lot of potential autographs. Not, yes, <laughs> not not creepy at all. Absolutely not, not creepy. Prime real estate. We wipe off the sweat and the smears oh. off the glass while we're looking. The girls are loving that. Some, sometimes they come up and That's smear That's a great them. image. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. Hey, it's great when, when they don't even know. They come up to the glass and they're fixing their hair and they don't even realize you're looking at them. And they see now, a fa- that's messed up. And they see a fast hand motion? Never. <laughs> I like it slow and oh. steady. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool to travel, too. You get to see all the different types of girls that are all, all across the... Uh, all across the United States, and there are and they are different, different. foods, different girls. <laughs> the girls are when you leave 
Chicago, New York City, big cities, and you move out, you see the girls change. They put their guard down a little bit. Down here in New York, I'm sorry, down here in Florida, they're just totally different, more laid back. You could go up, as a fat guy, I go up to the most beautiful women or the ugliest women, and I feel just as comfortable where in New York, you go up to buy a girl a drink, she's like, what the fuck I want you to buy me a drink for? I got my own money. Fuck you. They don't want to know nothing. Like, if they don't know you, it's just harsh. It's cruel. Saves you a lot of money. Yeah. See, Tim, this is where you and I, as married men, we just sit up yeah, just and sit shut back up. And listen. Let right. these guys talk. Right. Because you... if your wife is listening, she's going to be like, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. I'm no. just going to sit back and listen. Exactly. Uh, one question for Vinny real fast. Vinny, you've been doing some TV shows as well, right? Yeah, I was in The Boss with Kelsey Grammer on Stars. I love that show, man. Nice. I, uh, play- Thanks, man. I played the gangster that sabotaged the first season. Oh, go figure. <laughs> man, I love that show. Good yeah. for you. Good for you, man. All right. Hey, guys. Thanks, man. I was in the Playboy Club. Hey, guys. We are down to like the last... I, I, I'm actually thinking about, I'm thinking about writing my own show as well. Uh, it's going to be called CSI Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> you killing a bunch yeah. of hicks we were able to catch the killer because there was only one tooth mark in the woman's arm <laughs> nice. we followed the trail of old milwaukee's best cans to the accomplice that was in bed with his younger sister csi indiana there you go hey what guys it sounds it, it does sound good but we are down to the last three minutes of the show so we're going to do some shameless plugs um i'm going to call out a couple real quick we got the first shameless plug is Mr. Man here on the right better get his ass in gear. He got six weeks to get on stage. If it goes to seven weeks, I'm finding his house oh, in Tarpon shit. Springs, and I'm going to sit on him. I'm going to fucking beat his ass. Oh, please don't sit on him. It's going to be bad. I have three kids I have to, I have to you know, take care of. Life's a bitch. You better get on stage All then, right. man. Don't make those kids go fucking hungry. There we go. Daddy less. It won't happen. There you go. <laughs> All right. My first shameless plug is I'm going to be doing – uh, splits and giggles this coming weekend, and I'm going to be emceeing the show. Uh, it's a great room put on by Bull, and we're going to have uh, Susan Sager, right? Susan Sager and Steve Eric are going to be yeah. there. Yeah. So it's going to be a great show. Come on out if you're in the area, Clearwater, Largo, Tampa. It's five dollars a ticket. Rick, I'm sorry. Yeah, Rick, whoa, wow. yeah. How no. the hell? I, know it is Rick, I gotta Rick stop Kipinski. drinking. I gotta I stop Kipinski. drinking Jägermeister before the show. Me, you call me Ricky. Earlier. Yeah, Ricky, That's I, not authorized in any <laughs> shape, manner, form. <laughs> My eyes lit up. I thought. Uh, but uh, yeah, hey, yo, Ricky. Yeah, right. I'm actually going to be judging the uh, comedy <laughs> idol at the Celtic Ray next Thursday down in Punta Gorda, Florida. And that's Max Doyle's room. That's Max room. Doyle's room. And he just, Celtic have Ray. you been there? I haven't been there. The, the room is beautiful He's since, they, since they made it new. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've only seen pictures, but it's gorgeous. I'm also going to do the Splits and Giggles, I think, in August. I'm going to be at the Houdini's Magic uh, Comedy Club in uh, mid-August down in uh, Cape Coral. So uh, I'm busy again, and it's good, and it feels good. Good. Yeah, it really is. Vinny, we're going to wrap it up with you. Give us a couple of things you got coming on. All right, I have uh, I have my play which I wrote. It's a murder mystery dinner theater called Death of the Cannoli Salesman. You could uh, find it. It's in the South Side of Chicago. If anybody, it's two sixty West Twenty Sixth Street. It's thirty five bucks. All you can eat, dancing, dessert, and death. <laughs> nice. Can't beat that. Uh, I got good. a few comedy shows. Awesome. <laughs> I got a couple. Uh, I'll be performing at Cigars and Stripes uh, July twelfth. Um, I've got. I'll probably be again at uh, at the Ha Ha Hole 
in Ohio as well. Nice. Awesome. I like that so name. If you're out in Ohio, come see me. Um, also, you may see me on TV on one of these reality shows. I'm not at liberty to say which one, but keep an eye out for me. Once you, here's the deal. You open the floodgates. Once you know, you have to call in and tell us. I definitely will. When All do right. you find out? Can you say that? Um, it's 99%, 99% sure. I'm waiting for my background check, and, All right. uh, and well, I'm in. Coming yeah. from Bridgeport, I don't know if your background check is going to clear it, pal. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody, for calling in, hanging out. It was another great show. Check us out at Twitter at Let's Be Frank Show. And tune in next week for another fine show. Everybody, thank you for calling in. Thanks, and have a good night. Thank you. Thanks. Good time, guys. Good time. Take it easy, guys. What was that? I'll tell you what that was. That was another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com, where we put the .com in 